0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, kinda, sort of, it's Mathis. Hey, Ouija and I have been doing this podcast for a couple of years now, it's called the Leit re raceables a lot of fun, some good uh, walks down memory lane, and uh, we get some guests, we talk about old races, we pick one race and then and then talk about it, break it down, have some awards, and then we try to get somebody that was involved in that race as well to talk about it. So, these are a lot of fun to do. The feedback is great on these, and um, I, we wanted to put one in this feed, in case you don't know about it, in case you haven't uh, discovered these. Go search it, Re-raceables, Search my name, Steve Mathis, on whatever podcast player you've got, and uh, hit that subscribe button, and you'll get some more goodness, and uh, really, really good to uh, to do these, man. Like I said, we should not have a laugh at these, watching these old races. So I thought I'd put the Millville 2013 up, Stu, Kennard, a couple of great motos, and uh, yeah give you guys an idea of what this podcast is all about. So thank you for checking it out. If you're already a listener, thank you as well. Appreciate it. But here's uh, Weege and I and uh, Trey Kennard talking Millville 2013. Lee at Re-Raceables. Find it. Subscribe it. Join the club. Be cool. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Scrubs right through here. Watch this. time he makes up. Gets next to Stewart. They're going to switch lines. Kennard goes wide. Let's see if he gets any run. Coming to the left side. Loses a little time going in. Uh, That inside that Stewart has been using has worked this entire race. Kennard's able to pull up next to him at the end of the section. Outside line still doesn't work. Wow, those sandwiches are difficult because they're a little bit of hard base under there this year. And there's a lot of little ruts in there that could really uh, cause you uh, to lose your balance. Kennard back to the inside. It's going to be close. They have been side-by-side Oh, these jumped up last couple laps. He had Stewart's rear wheel in his face. Sorry, Woo. Jason. He had to check up right there. He had so much speed coming into that uh, tabletop. He had to straighten out or he would have jumped right underneath into the back of James Stewart. Back uphill we go. They're jumping into the face of the takeoff of that double. Oh, Does Kennard have anything else picked out? Well, it's pretty tight from here until the end of... Uh, well, until you get to the finish line, Stewart has a little bit of breathing room. Look at Kennard just cutting right across the turn. Well, he's got to get desperate now. A few little mistakes. Stewart oh. has got about maybe 5, 10 bike lengths on him. We'll see if Kennard can close it back up. He's trying, but just not close enough. Well, Stewart's been at this game a long time. He's been pro since 2002. He has been through some wars, and he was able to put the bike everywhere Kennard wanted to make a pass on him. Here we this go. works. Last corner, turn. Stewart is going to be on the inside. Last time he was on the outside, and Stewart holds on to take the moto win. Kennard right next to him.
0: A Pulp MX Network production. A series of the most
1: exciting action imaginable. Welcome to the Leah raceables on pulpmx.com.
2: Mathis and Weed revisit the instant classics from yesteryear,
1: spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old.
0: Welcome, everybody, to the Liat Re-Raceables. 2013 Millville is on the agenda. A great race between Trey Kennard and James Stewart. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, thank you to the folks at Liat for stepping up and uh, sponsoring this podcast. They're, they also supply the Solitaire guys with gear. They make protective wear, helmets, goggles, riding gear, knee braces, boots, neck braces, covering riders from head to toe for both moto and mountain bike. Uh, but what Liat really stands for is a promise of things to come. They are in the business of making sure that you have confidence in equipment to put yourself faster, harder, and further than you thought you could go, visit them at L E A T T. L-E-A-T-T.com. If you want to... Save at Liet. Uh Email us using the contact form at PulpMX. We'll give you a code to save at Leatt.com. Whether it's goggles, whether it's the boots, whether it's the helmets, uh, mountain bike stuff, protective gear, Liet, uh is got you covered. Thank you to those guys. Uh, Scott Motorsports, Guts Racing, Decal Works, Maxis all on board with us as well. And uh, lots to talk about later when it comes to those companies for helping us out. But uh, a man that was in the booth calling the action this day with Jeff Emig is on the line. Jason Wygant, what's up, man?
3: Yeah, this is the Stu versus Canard show. Yeah, this race is very popular on YouTube. And here's why it's actually well, first of all, it's a phenomenal battle. But the reason it became YouTube huge, I think it has almost 350,000 views, which is impressive for a YouTube video. That's like two hours long is I don't know if you know this, Steve. So during the three months where we didn't have racing in 2020 and we didn't know what to do with ourselves, we had these watch parties where we would find the old race. MX Sports would put the thing on YouTube and then we would hit play and let people watch on Facebook and the fans could comment while it was going on. Hmm. And I think we even invited, I think Trey even jumped in. I think we even invited Trey into like the Facebook Live, I guess like a chat room or something like that um, to drop some comments. So my point is on the Pro Motocross YouTube channel, there aren't a lot of full races. This is one of the few and that's what people truly want to see. You can't just find... Uh, old races on YouTube as much as you would like. As we've noticed, the newer they get, the harder they are to find. Um, they're hidden behind Peacock Paywall or whatever it might have been at the time. So, uh, yeah, this one has become like a cult classic. A phenomenal battle in both motos with Stu and Trey. And Stu makes the point in his own pod, these are two guys that are willing to die to win. So that's part of the reason it's so spectacular to watch them battle.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's uh, it's fantastic to watch. It, it is uh, It's a cooler day. The Ryans had won every moto, Villapoto and Dungey, um, the, up to this point, which I didn't really realize. I mean, I knew that they were battling for the title. Uh Villapoto has a terrible day. Goes down right away early in Moto 1, fights from last um to get up to 6th. Second moto he crashes again uh and comes up to 4th. Dunge has a bizarre first moto. He's he crashes and then his bike is stuck in gear or something and then maybe a rock, rock somewhere. Yeah, a maybe. rock somewhere. Uh, so, this is his home track. You know, Dunge is amazing at this race. I don't know if it was 20, 2012 or 2011. It was definitely Dunge on a KTM. So, when did he switch to KTM? 12. 12. Okay. So it, was, two. so, it was either 12 or 14. Dunge was 10 seconds gone on the first lap at Millville and then 30 second victories in both motos. It was maybe the easiest day you'd ever have. So, obviously, he shreds at Millville and he goes 5 1 on the day. Villapoto has that day that we talked about. And yeah, it just, everything lines up to have Trachonard and James Stewart, two of the grotters who maybe, you know, obviously Stu is Stu. He's legendary, but dude, Trey's had some races too. That's left our jaws on the ground over the years. And and the two guys, they just go at it. It was like a weird day and it was great day.
3: Yeah. Looking at it now, I mean, to think that, Stu and Kennard are battling for a moto and overall wins doesn't seem that crazy. But you put it in that context of the Ryans had won every single moto going into Millville. That's Mm -hmm. pretty wild. And I'd actually forgotten because I always thought of this as the Stu versus Trey battle. And this is both motos. First moto, Stu wins by like half a bike length. And then second moto, they battle really hard until I think Stu, as he said, realized he wasn't willing to die and realized he was going to get the overall anyway. Mm hmm. Um, maybe two laps to go. Maybe Stu backs it down a notch. Yep. yep. But uh, they spent most of the day battling really hard, and that doesn't sound crazy until you think about wow these this is the same year the Ryans won all the motos, and then you add in everybody else like we were saying. So you got the Ryan, Stu, Trey, Barsha's good. Chad Reed's still out there. The pack is pretty deep, dude. This is like a pretty epic field.
0: The eight hundreds there. Josh Grant. there. Josh Grant's, 800's there. Josh Grant's in the concepts, mix yeah. in Moto One, right?
3: Yep. Um, you got you got Shorty. Yeah. You got Brayton and Grant are the JGR guys. I mean, this goes pretty deep with, you know, factory-supported guys who have won races or think they can win races.
0: Also, if you had just told me, hey, the Millville race where James and Trey go at it, like, what what happened? I would have went, well, it was 2-1-1-2 or 1-1-2-2. I just would have said that. I did not know that Dunge – I didn't know what had happened, obviously, and I, and I wouldn't have thought Dunge won the second moto. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just – thought it was one, two, 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 what whatever. Some sort of combination of those guys being first and second.
3: Absolutely. When yeah. I watched Stu's video where he talks about Trey being willing to die to win, I'm like, wait, Dunge is just this epic battle, you felt like it was this epic battle you always remember battling for the lead. Yeah. But they're doing it five seconds behind Dunge <laughs> and yeah. credit to Dunge. He actually caught Stu, passed him, Stu got him back. Stu got him back. And then Dunge yeah. started to roll away. Yeah. God, yeah. Stu- now I think Stu, I have a feeling Stu knew, you know, he didn't have to beat Dunge for the overall on this day. Um I feel like it was a more controlled, you know, Stewart performance than like I feel like he was doing what he had to do. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think he had to beat Dungeon and he probably knew that. But still, these guys were going at it and Dunge did win the moto anyway.
0: Suzuki stew. Now he he quits JGR in the middle of Supercross in the year before and yep. he's riding a Suzuki during the week and he's he's riding racing JGR on the weekends and then he quits JGR jumps on a Suzuki for the Nationals, wins the first two rounds, dunges all over them, right? And then, of course, Thunder Valley comes. And then, like, Suzuki, the next year, full, full member of the team, RCH is there. There's tension between those two teams, factory teams, quote-unquote. And then I always felt like factory Suzuki stew could only reach down once in a while and pull it off you know yeah yeah, yeah.
3: I, I felt like we started to see this thing between say he and reed and this is was untested waters cuz you didn't have guys operating at this high of a level for this long as we said in previous pods it's normal now for guys to be 30 to be 10th 11th 12th year and still be really good like like Eli Tomac right now um but i mean if you really look at the arc of most top guys before this it's what four years five years yeah. where you're the guy yeah you know that's i mean Jeff Stanton's epic career was basically 1989 to about 93. And that's about it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. that Crazy. You just left on top or you sort of slowly couldn't do anything anymore.
3: Yeah. You 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 lost one notch and then, you know, these guys aren't going to ever want to be fifth place guys. So they just leave. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about that with Barnett, like Barnett's epic run is what three years, four years. Right. Right. Um, So I feel like Reed and Stu really rewrote the fact that they didn't retire. They kept, Staying in there and they kept being good. They they knew how to win races still. Um, it just wasn't the same over the course of 17 rounds, for example. I, on any given weekend, could Stu still beat Villapoto? I think he could,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. A four, but, a 2014 yeah. Stu was better, you know, at that.
3: 2014 Stu was better, yeah. yeah. But still, yeah. Villapoto ended up winning the title. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. it was just part of me thinks like as the guys get older, first of all, they're just more beat up, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe they wake up some days and they don't feel good because of all the injuries they're probably dealing with. I also think they're a little bit smarter as far as when the bike isn't quite right or they're not feeling on that track, they're not uh, willing to die. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I mean, honestly, that was what Tomac was doing this year, I feel right. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't going to be beast mode balls to the wall every week. It was, if this week I got to take fifth. Yeah, Um, This was the first year. But they were still really good. They just weren't the champions anymore.
0: Yeah, this is the first year that we've seen that from Tomac. The first year of like, I don't have crazy ball speed. I'm just going to pull it off when I can. Yeah.
3: Uh, of uh, Tomac.
0: Tomac, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Of Tomac.
3: Yeah, so I think that's kind of it. Maybe just at a little yeah. lesser level. I mean, it wasn't like Stu or Reed were re- leading the points at any point this year like Tomac was. But it was like yep. most of the time they got it, and every once in a while they really, really got it. But Dungeon RV are just more in their prime, and on the average, if you take the whole season, they're going to beat them in points. That's kind of way it felt to me.
0: Yeah, and I felt like JGR Stu was still like crash or win. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, still, I'm giving it my all, and I'm I'm crashing or whatever to win. And felt like uh, Suzuki Stew was what we just talked about. You know, I don't yeah, know to but, me, anyways.
3: But he was getting it back. I mean, we're turning this into a stew pod real quick. Um, let us not forget that his last real race, the last real stew race before the drug suspension, and then taking a year off, and then not being the same, was one one at mm-hmm. high point.
0: Wow, so, technically So adding to
3: the legacy and the mystery of Stu.
0: Technically not. He was supposed to be stripped of that win.
3: Oh, sorry. Yeah, they never did that,
0: huh? <laughs> really odd, right? No, like, they literally.
3: They didn't go back and be like, hey, that purse, you got to give it back. We direct deposited it to you. Give it back to the AMA. <laughs> no,
0: did but not that, do that. That literally was the punishment, stripped of the win. And like no one acknowledges it. No one cares. We just keep it as a win, and I'm fine we with that. We just keep it as a win, yeah. I'm fine with yeah. that, but it's, it is funny yep. that way. Um, but we'll never know what. Yeah.
3: I mean, maybe Stu goes on a run at the end of 2014. And sure. Stu said 2015, he was turning into Cujo, as you thought, but then he wasn't even allowed to race. Um, 2016 was a mess, trying to make a comeback, and he had some stories for me about the, the, where the team was at that point, which I don't think was very much. You know, we know Factory Suzuki was just becoming a shell of it, what it was. Uh-huh. Um, so maybe there was more in it. I mean, I'm sure there were some wins in it. Maybe maybe oh. the title, we'll never know.
0: Yeah, without without him serving the penalty, and, and he deserved a penalty, he let things go, he didn't, you know, TUE, all that, he wins more races, 100%. Oh, yeah. Just probably no more titles, probably more just moments like we talked about. Uh, let's, let's go into our next uh, uh, topic, though, is uh, Trey Canard, who's going to give us some time about this race. And Trey... Like I said earlier, like he had some moments that our jaws dropped also. He he can scrub better than Stu, I will stand by that. Uh he was ability to come back and ride it uh, miss a bunch of races and come back and be an instant contender here and there. He he wins a bunch of races in the 450 class. We're not going to talk about KTM Trey. We're going to move on with from that. But <laughs> like, you know, he talks about a change he made to the clutch in this race and then of course the next year he switches suspension components, Honda does, and he goes on a run. And Trey could do that. Trey was like he doesn't have the records of Stu or the wins, but he was, in a sense, stu light.
3: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. In the On the right day, yes, the, the crazy ball speed to match anyone or beat anyone was there. Uh, yeah, he had even more injuries and more missed time than even Stu did, even yep. though Stu was known for this. Stu was actually more consistent. But, yeah, and it's a weird category. There's a couple – we're going to let's not invent a category. I feel like for guys like Trey, mm-hmm. uh, Marvin Muskan – We need to invent a category for these guys. Barsha, maybe. The guys that, hey, I know they don't have a 450 title, but that doesn't mean they weren't better than almost everybody else anyway because on the right day, they could beat anybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trey would go in there. Marvin Muskan would go in there. Um, Wyndham, for sure. Wyndham would go in there, absolutely. Would, would, Would Tim Ferry go in there?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I saw a guy wearing a Ferry 07 jersey the other day, Steve.
0: Oh, nice. nice. Was it just me? Just bringing it in, bringing
3: in that title that you think he won.
0: Was it me? <laughs> What's the, I I mean, were you on Vegas? you High Point on
3: Sunday, okay. Racing Amateur day. <laughs> Um uh, But yeah, no. God, you're, I'm just you're, watching. You're right. Oh, this is the moment right here. This first moto. Trey catches Stu, and they're going on the Chattapult, And yeah. <laughs> there's an expectation, I guess, that they're both going to whip or scrub the same direction, and they scrub the opposite. And they touch wheels in the air. Trey will talk to us about it, but it just shows what these two dudes were all about. Like yeah. when they're battling, I love it. You know what it reminds me? One of my favorite moments. This is so random. My favorite moments I've ever seen in a motocross race. <laughs> when Alby comes over from the GPs in '95. Yeah. Right. He raises Gainesville against Doug Henry, and Henry's moving into the 250s full-time. Mm-hmm. And these are two dudes who are like, they're just pinning it. That's just what Albie and and uh, Doug Henry do. There's only one thing, and that is full gas. And they do almost the same thing coming up to the, the table before the jump, the finish line jump at Gainesville. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I love seeing battles with two guys who are just like, I'm gonna go wide open. Are you gonna go wide open? All right, cool, because I'm still going wide open. Like two guys who yeah. do not care. And that is watching Stu and Trey battle here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely a great race. Uh Barsha's in the mix too for the first half of the first moto. Barsha's right there. Uh he has he has a great race too, and Trey really comes on late. Um, and of course the second moto, it's Trey and Stu for for most of it. Um Trey is generally chasing, you know, he's generally chasing every time, and then he gets you know, in second moto he gets by James, but James fights back at him. It, Trey's eating a lot of roost all day long from James. Like he had to see the seven in both motos all day long uh, for the most part. So it was a pretty good battle for sure. Do
3: we want to talk about roost being someone's weakness or not? Do we want to go there? Or? <laughs>
0: this set <is laughs> Twitter a fire. Poor Zach.
3: Oh, Eli Tomek's alive. <laughs> Been lurking on Twitter for three and a half years.
0: It's just waiting, waiting for the moment when someone said, that his, his wins were whole shot wins. I I don't even know what his point was. I I kind of I reread it and read it again and read it again and was like I don't think he's really getting this. But
1: no I, no
3: I get his point. I, I feel like Zach said one of the weapons I could use against Eli was roosting him, and I think Eli's yeah, saying like, but that's, bro. I was known for getting horrible starts and winning races. Clearly, I can deal with roost.
0: Yeah, but in you know. I feel like Zach said in this moto, I felt like I could roost him, you know, in this w- w- the only way I could beat this guy in the moto that I he was all over me was roosting him.
3: Yeah, uh, Not maybe they like, could be both right. In that yeah, yeah they, I they, mean, no, sure, yeah, no. Eli can definitely deal with some roost, bro.
0: Yes, yes. But we, I mean, th- this is a given. <laughs> Like, we know this, right? Yes. I mean, Zach we've knows seen this. you go from
3: fifth to first in the last 10 minutes. Right. A hundred times.
0: Zach knows this. We all know this. No one is, no one is this. Oh, anyways. Okay.
3: <laughs> it's um, enjoyable. Uh, I think we need to talk to, talk to Uh
0: All right. Let, let's, uh, let's talk about Max's tires. Get ready to mm-hmm. tread victoriously with the new Max's Moto tires. Experience the full shred potential of the two treads. Uh, is anybody having a, is he treading victoriously right now with the maxis
3: Honestly, I feel like for A-Ray, yes. I'm going to say yes. Okay.
0: All right. Uh, like, what is
3: the floor here? I don't know what the floor is. I mean, he's still going to the races. He almost got points here and there. I'm going to say that's a win for a That's
0: A-Ray. the floor. Okay. all right.
3: Yeah, I don't know where the floor is. Okay. Yeah. When I saw him get 21st in a moto, I'm like, ah, oh, good for A-Ray.
0: Yeah, but that was that was one. The other motos have gone horribly. <laughs>
3: that's A-Ray, bro.
0: Okay. Uh, grip, stability, and predictability. Predictability, that's A-Ray. That surpasses oh, yeah. all others. Available now at your local Maxis dealer or online at shop.maxis.com. Uh Please check out those guys. Scott Goggles as well. Our buddy Johnny knows. We're going to get him on one of these at some point. Scott Sports has been providing the best in goggle technology in all motorsports disciplines for over 50 years. Scott's the global leader in innovation, technology, and design. Scott has always been proud to support racing. Jason Anderson, Pro Circuit, Caleb Russell, Chad Weenan, Walker Fowler, uh, many of which uh, uh, have won on Scott Goggles, and they're proud to support this podcast as well. Guess what goggles Trey Canard was wearing this day? Uh, Scott Goggles. Prep, oh, by, yeah. prep by our guard Johnny Knows. So thank you to Scott, Max's Guts Racing, Decal Works as well, and the Lee at Rerasables. And you're right, Weege. Let's uh, let's get to Trey Canard, shall we? All right, we've been talking about this great race on the Lee at Reraceables, 2013 Millville, and why... We just can't uh, uh, talk about this without having the man uh, that was one, the cause of this day of being so great racing. Uh, Factory Honda's Trey Canard. What's up, Trey? How are you, man?
2: I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. This is awesome.
0: This is a great race. I, I went back and watched it. I mean, I knew it was great. Like, you know, you know it's a classic and you know all that. And then you sit down, and you watch both 450 motos, and you're just like, we were talking earlier. We're just, just holy shit. This is a great race. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah it was it was uh it was kind of a wild day too like a lot of things mixing up and um yeah it was it was i think probably one of my most memorable races because it was like one of those races where i remember coming off the track even though especially the first one even though i didn't win i like i had a great time
0: it was (laughs)
2: it was fun you know I'm like wow that was really cool
0: yeah you you uh you did think you won the overall right
2: yeah, I'm a little embarrassed about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was all thrown off because, you know, we went one, two, and then I think Dungy had some sort of problem the first moto, he went like seven. Yeah. And so Dungy uh won the second moto. So in my mind I'm thinking, you know, yeah. I just gotta I just gotta beat Stu and I get, get the overall. So and then I, I came across the finish line like hands in the air. Mm hmm all happy went to the tent and everyone's kind of like they're just it's just a normal podium you know and i'm like what's wrong with you guys i just won my first overall <laughs> and and i remember Bray going
3: like no you, you didn't man you, <laughs> sorry sorry but you didn't <laughs> As for Stu, has an awesome video of this uh, about how much you were celebrating then made him redo the math with his own fingers and be like did I mess this up? Because he is really pumped right now.
0: <laughs> Dude,
3: I, I was losing my mind. No, I thought I just won
2: my first overall.
0: Uh, did you... So the, in the Stu video, and you've watched it, Trey, we asked you beforehand, He he's it's great. He's like, I raced against the guy that was just like me, uh, that was willing to die before he lost, and I wasn't willing to die on this day, but, I mean, th- that used to be me. <laughs>
2: yeah, my, uh, my little brother, he's like a... a you know, he followed everything. And I, I watched some stuff, but I, I'm not, like, super involved in all the podcasts and things. And he'll, he, like, sit me that I watched it, and I thought it was hilarious. Cause <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know that I was totally willing to die, but I, I totally, you know, I definitely, in my career, rode with my heart more than mm-hmm. I did with my head. And uh, that was the day. I just, it was one of those days where I woke up, and it just felt easy to me. And uh, those are hard to come by you know so i was like i was
0: trying to capitalize on that we were trey and i were talking at hangtown about this race and i mixed it up with the other race where trey was out for a while and he came back and just had great speed and ended up on the podium um i I was mixing it up this this was a season where trey was stringing races together but but i think we've seen trey go so fast uh at millville uh that i was confused yeah
3: Yeah, because uh, Millville, I mean, obviously the talk is going to be that it's Dungy's home race, but oddly, as motocross geography works, Oklahoma guys do ride Millville a decent amount, right?
2: Yeah, it was um, the first pro national I went to. I, you know, it was always right after Loretta's. So, um, you know, I would kind of like throw my bike and gear in with people and, you know, go watch a national, which was way cool. So. Uh, Just, I mean, and that was at the time, you know, Colorado wasn't there. So it it was the closest race for us growing up. So, and and I guess in a weird way, it was our home race.
3: (laughs) Did you ride there besides the pro nationals? Did you do regionals or the amateur day or anything like that?
2: No, because I think in that time, there wasn't a lot of regionals there. I could be, I could be uh, off on that, but. What I remember is that it was uh, just just a national, you know. We'd go okay. up, and th- there was a handful of tracks around that area, so we'd go up and uh, kind of ha- have a fun time.
0: Is it your favorite track, Trey?
2: I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's. Um, I, I really like Red Bud, but I, I don't know. Millville was just the mixes of dirt and the elevation, yeah. and it's it's just an awesome track.
0: So Fro Fro says in here that. You know, you're from Oklahoma, and the Millville dirt is pretty much like home, and I'm like, I'm confused. Is it, Fro right? Because I rode in Oklahoma. I've been to Oklahoma. It doesn't seem like Millville-ish to me, dirt-wise.
2: No, we have a couple tracks like that. You know, we, okay. we don't have a lot of sand here. Like, it's most of that, yeah. like, red clay. But sure, yeah, that's what do, I thought. We do have a, yeah, okay. we have a handful of tracks that are kind of that sandy Sandy clay mix, like are in some of the areas of Louisville. Um But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Raynard had some amazing races there, too. Um, he did. So I, don't know yeah. if there's, there's, I don't know if there's like some similarities to the, to the dirt or what, but for whatever reason, like I, I always gel there like yeah. really
0: well. Yeah, you're right about Raynard. One of the best rides I've ever seen. Um, 94. It was so hot and so humid. And Robbie's, like, ninth in the points. He's having a decent year, like, whatever. And he just goes 1-1. One, one. He's never touched. He's gone on a KX125. And you're just like, where, where's that guy been all year long? Like, he was just – <laughs> it was so hot and humid, right? And uh, it was just an amazing ride by Robbie. And, uh, yeah, one of those days that he that, that he's had a few of, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, like, him telling me, uh, you know, going into Millville a couple times, he's like, hey, go sit in that creek. I did that in 94 and I I just smoked those guys. (laughs) (laughs) I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to like, you know, hopping out of the semi
0: and
3: walking down to the Creek.
0: Yeah. Hey, is that Trey Canard? Yeah, that's Trey Canard.
1: I just won.
3: (laughs) Hey, you know, uh, I remember when you came into the four fifties in 2011, like right off the rip, you were, well, actually 2010, even as a fill in, you were really good. And then 2011 Supercross was a awesome season between all of you guys. And you were right in the hunt. I remember you saying to me, like, yeah, it's amazing. You know, maybe Villapoto and Dunge, you had raced him before. Uh, but to race a guy like Stewart, who at that point was like a god, right? Um, mm. And you it almost sounded to me like you were surprising yourself. Like, I'm just battling the guy. So here we are two years later. I mean, what is it like to battle Stu, who just has this aura? Mm. I mean, does it surprise you? Is it impress yourself when you're able to battle him and pass him?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was... Um... I I think like I, I have raced enough of those guys like Chad and and um you know even RB um and James like leading up to this point to where they started to be competitors but mm-hmm. um it's still it still was weird, you know, <laughs> like you, you come off a track and it's it's James Stewart, you know, like the ten year old my my ten year old self was going like, Dude, that's crazy <laughs> you <know? It's> like, <laughs> That's Stu, like he invented the scrub, you know? Um, so it it was pretty surreal, like, especially looking back at it, like, you know, I remember watching the great outdoors, uh, DHS when I was a kid and, um, you know, it was this part where like big James is doing all these weird hand signals on the side of the track. (laughs) Yeah. And, And I remember at one point in the race, seeing big James, like flapping his arms, like a, like a bird or something. And I'm, I'm just like in that moment, in that mode, I'm going like, Oh, weird. That's like what they were talking about the great outdoors in 2002. <laughs> so like there's, there's moments like that where I'm like, wow, that, like, okay,
3: get back in the game here.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait,
3: wait. You saw it as this is happening in 2013. Yeah. 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 And you yeah. thought about the DVD or the VHS.
2: Yeah. I remember uh, actually the second moto, one of the things that was weird to me is uh, big James is like, you know, m- waving his hands down like slow down you know and it was it was uh i think i passed james with like maybe a few laps to go and um and then he kind of backed off and I, I remember like, dude, what's, why is he giving this up? You
0: know? <laughs> what's going on? Right. Yeah, and
2: I'm like, Big James was throwing other hand signals. I've never seen
0: this one. <laughs> <laughs> You're like this amazing. Is, this is baseball? What is this? Um, <laughs> yeah. he it, it looks like, and I don't remember how much you know or remember about this race, Trey, but he's got a phenomenal line outside in the whoops, right? He's, he's swinging out wide and carrying tons of speed. Gets Gets a few guys there. And then in the second moto, uh, you go to that line. You switch it up. I don't know if you remember any of that, but, uh, you know, the right-hand side of the whoops coming into the sand whoops. Um, it was a smart bit of riding on your part.
2: Yeah, I remember the first moto, there was a really good line. that You could jump over the first whoop on the inside yep. and uh, carry a ton of speed. But it got so rough in the second moto that uh, the outside came around and uh i think i the first part of the race i i kind of like wasn't feeling great i was kind of fighting things and then i remember moving over there and and that's when things started kind of clicking mm-hmm. for me um i think barcia had a crash which kind of helped me um you know get get to the back of stew um but uh yeah the yeah, last, th- no.
0: the last 5 minutes of moto 1 you uh, Barsha has a near death experience. He saves it, but the last five minutes of Moto One, you, yeah, you, 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 really come on the last little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, um, I was still kind of like trying to figure out fitness things, you know. Then, um, it was my first like real full uh outdoor series in the 450, mm-hmm. which was, um, you know, 11. I was hurt most of it. 12, I missed the whole thing because of my back, and so 13, I was trying to figure things out, and so I, I remember kind of like. Holding on, holding on, and getting to like probably ten minutes to go, and go like, man, I got a lot in the tank here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was a cool race for me because it was it was I think it was probably my first race outdoors wise on the 450 where I, I I felt like I finally was able to put like a full, really solid moto together.
0: Uh, you guys touched wheels in the air. It looks like.
2: Yeah, I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there was a lapper and. I was like, "Oh, this is my chance," you know. Mm-hmm. Like he's not gonna scrub because it, you know, it was kind of like the unnatural way for him to scrub. Yeah. And then he he did.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I remember feeling that like little, you know, and and going like, "Oh yeah, this is over. This is this is totally where I die." <laughs> and um, and it, it just worked out. Like I don't know. We we like it was like nothing really happened. I I don't know how that worked,
0: but.
3: It was it. Both of you, with your mastery of the scrub, it, it, you these are two rights cannot make a wrong with the, I, the, the scrub masters.
2: I, I guess so, man. It, it worked out, but I, I just like man that that scenario could have happened about eighteen different ways and gone really bad in each one.
3: I don't remember it happened over uh, the finish line jump just recently. Maybe Steve, remember who that was?
1: That yeah, was, uh, Sexton it was, and Webb.
3: That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, Webb went flying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not That's right. not good. Yeah, not a good scenario. Yeah, the and that is the odd thing. That one really put to light how you do have to scrub in the same direction. But how do you guys know that? So was that what caught you by surprise? You're thinking he's going to scrub the, one way and he does the other.
2: I remember there was a lapper and thinking, um, oh yeah, got him. You know, like he's yeah. he's gonna he's gonna sense me here and he's going to you know hit it straight. Yeah. Um, which, you know, maybe that's part of why I ran into people. <laughs> I, just assumed, I, I just assumed they were doing certain things. Um, but uh, but yeah, he definitely didn't stay straight. But yeah, I'm glad we wrote out that one.
3: Yeah, Stu, there's not a lot of staying straight over jumps.
2: I guess I should have known who I was racing. You know, the guy that's been in the scrub is probably going to scrub.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But we, we've, we've made this case before. I I feel like you took it as far as going low. I don't know, man, you might've taken it as far as anyone could take it with a scrub.
0: Yeah. You, you actually like James invented it and brought it up. And honestly, you were better at it, which I don't know if James, I, I don't know if James acknowledges that. I think you were, Holy – I mean, I just think you perfected it better than James, which is amazing to say, but I really do.
2: Yeah, I I, um, I, I think my scrub is a little different than, than a lot of people's. I, I slide a lot in my, my <laughs> scrubs, you know, like where James is kind of like full traction, both, both wheels all the way up the face, and he turns over. And I kind of like – I really slide the rear, um, mm-hmm. which helps me stay crazy low. You can't always do it with ruts, but um, – Yeah, I I felt like it was kind of different. I, I'm like totally convinced I learned this growing up in Oklahoma because it was so windy all the time. Like I had to (laughs) learn, learn to jump sideways. Um, (laughs) But I I love it, man. It's like when you do that, like it is
3: the coolest feeling. Yeah, it's cool. Um, What happens to you in the rest of the season after this? Um, Did you miss? You got hurt at Unadilla or something? No, I, 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 um, obviously came off of
2: uh, Millville with like a head of steam, you know, I was yeah. like fully pumped. And I think I qualified pretty decent at Unadilla and had a, a good motor going and I had a crank bearing go out. Oh. Um, and so I, it didn't actually let go, but it was making so much noise that I was like, you know, thinking about this going over the sky shot and just the thing. Yeah. Grenading. So I pulled off moto one. Um, they found out it was a crank bearing and then moto two, I was way outside and I tried to go for the start, and someone got hit and took an immediate left, and then I did a big front flip. <laughs> um, they had to change out my wheel. I, I still went out there and rode, but I, I don't even think I made it to, to points. Um, but I remember thinking, like, I just need to go out here and learn this track because it was a really hard track, and um, and it's going to pay off. And the next year, that was actually where I got my first moto win. So, um, And then I think... Utah, I did I did pretty good. I was I got I was on the podium there, and then Elsinore. I think I got fourth the first moto. I thought I was for sure gonna get third, but Josh Grant came out swinging. And then the second moto at Elsinore, I think I stalled at the first lap, and it was like four thousand degrees. So it was the last race of the season. <laughs> I wasn't gonna get third, so I just kind of cruised it out. I think I even thought about pulling off a couple times because I was like. <laughs> It is so hot. There's, there's really no point for me to be out here at this point.
0: <laughs> hey, you mentioned uh, you mentioned you made some big bike changes coming into this Millville race.
2: Yeah, um, I, I had kind of had a theory about you know our, our hydraulic clutch system at that time. You know, I, I felt like i ride with my finger on the clutch all the time and then some of the the data was showing that i was like pulling in the clutch and i'm like i swear i am not pulling in the clutch coming in turns <laughs> but but the bike would not want to settle like there was it was just free willing um and then we were struggling with starts really bad and at that time the the system wasn't really that good you know our bike didn't come uh you know the showrooms with a hydraulic clutch it was something we added added to the bikes and so um i didn't think the system was that good and then you know we went to it to the cable and immediately that race barsh and i got good starts and uh i I felt like it helped my starts but i feel like i rode the thing way better um so yeah it, it was a big 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 change for me and i think it kind of made its way kind of through the rest of the team, too, because Barsh mm-hmm. ended up on the cable. And then also, I think, you know, Tomac was a big big believer in the cable clutch, too. So I think maybe still is. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was a big change. But I was happy to, that they actually did it because I felt like it really helped.
0: One of the things about Millville, and we love it, it's a great track. I'm having a ride day later on this year there uh, in the fall is it is a great track, but it is tough to pass. And holy shit, Trey, you are all over the place trying to stay out of his roost and trying to make a pass. Like, you're taking some lines. that, that, that I mean, you're going wide and in and out and in. and Like, I think that's part of what makes it such a great race is you are trying everything to get by James.
2: Yeah, I, I knew I had the momentum, especially late in that first moto. Um, you know, I, you could kind of see when a rider is maybe searching or mm-hmm. – you're pulling up on them in places that, you know, you feel like, okay, I've got the speed here. And I really feel like I had the advantage. So I was really trying to make it happen. And I, I think one of the things that was cool about that race is they didn't rip it ultra deep. I remember that morning it being like, being kind of bummed because I didn't think it was going to get that rough. And I, you know, there wasn't a ton of ruts, but I think it landed for like really exciting racing because, um, you know, one thing I, I'm like not always happy about, and I'm probably it's probably in a popular opinion, but when it's ripped so deep, it's just like a slot car, and you, and you just get stuck in this line. And basically, you try not to make a mistake and be the guy that when the rut ends, you're at the front. And I felt like at Millville, you you, you just saw exciting races because we were moving all over the track. You know, you could left right open this turn up cut it in there and um i think that made for a a lot of fun you know Stu was obviously really good at um holding the line and making sure i I didn't pass him but um i just thought it was a it made for a really fun day and and i think the track still ended up pretty rough at takamoto but um yeah I, i feel like that was that was the reason that was happening
3: Oh it's the never ending it's a never ending thing, right? Yes. Because that the slot car thing, then they went too far and they tried to go away from it. Then the first two rounds this year even is still a topic, right? Then it's too flat, then we get mega rutted at the uh, Colorado, then it's good that it's rut. I don't know. It's never <laughs>
1: it never ends.
3: It's it's impossible. Like uh,
2: it's it really is. Like no one's ever gonna be happy and the people that are gonna be happy, there's gonna be people that aren't happy. Um and it's tough. Like I know at Colorado they had crazy amounts of rain leading up to it, so um, I, I don't know. I, the one thing that I, I wish I could see more of is is each track having its own personality. You know, I felt yeah. kind of lost. That it's like pretty much every track is the same thing. Which I felt like when I kind of first came into it, you, you know, you'd go to certain tracks and they were hard, and and you go to other tracks and they were sandy, and other tracks that were loamy, and. It was kind of um each track on its own personality like i remember changing tires a lot you know we go to a track and you go oh yeah we're going to a hard pack tire this week because um you know the track's hard but now it's like you know i you really other than a scoop i mean the decision is do you want to run a scoop or not um other than that
3: i mean everyone's pretty much always on the same compound uh, we talk about it all the time. Yeah, it's so weird now. Like, you want to make it a talking point, but it's just not. It's just, <laughs> besides the scoop, which is just a start thing for the most part. I mean, it's not like you're, actually, I said to Steve, if you look at photos of races from the 80s, like, they're using hard pack tires all the way. Like, that's how hard the tracks used to get, especially in California. Now, everybody's figured a way to disc it, put sand in it, put mulch in it, put something in it. And it's made it uh, what we call unidirt, where everybody's dirt ends up being similar in the end yeah yeah i i remember like it
2: that was part of like what made you a great racer in the start of my career was um uh, being able to kind of stay ahead of that you know yep
0: uh trey uh thanks for the time and the lee at ReRacables. by the way appreciate it millville 2013 talking about this um couple things from me you have you, had a lot of great races um, there's some really memorable ones your are charge to the title in the 250 class uh your win in Oakland uh coming back um but th- is this this is this the one people talk about mostly we're like hey man I was there that day or or what was it like is this the one
2: yeah, yeah. i mean it, i can like people come up to me and the, and they'll be like Man, there's this race and and if they say youtube, I know exactly what they're <laughs> gonna <to> talk about
0: <laughs> yeah because
2: it's i it's got like a ton of views on youtube and yep. um and i I just i don't know it I think it was just a fun race as a as a fan, you know it, to, yeah. to see. Yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of excitement, you know.
0: There's four of you um, like on the same straightaway, you know, at one yeah. point, you know, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So th- I mean, there's two things that get sent to me on Instagram, and it's it's this race and then the uh, the very first goon riding video. It's like pretty <laughs> much pretty much count on getting tagged in one of those two things, like at least a few times a year.
0: <laughs> and then uh, also for me, what was your relationship like with Stu? Like, what did you were you ever friendly with him? Did, did how how was it?
2: Yeah, it was, I I would say it was, you know, I was pretty friendly with everybody. You know, I I never really have, you know, anyone that, you know, I didn't, didn't like, you know, I think Barsh and I being teammates, we kind of had a little bit of a rough patch, but, um, it was a different time too. like, no one really talked to anybody. I I, I remember it was kind of like, I see like now people riding together and hanging out and playing golf and then it was kind of like people had their posses and they kind of like <laughs> i don't know it was, it was like oh yeah he's a part of that crew and, yeah. and i i don't know it was it was just very different a very different time but uh, james was always like so nice to me i i just i appreciated that like he always treated me with a lot of respect and um he always said you know when, when i hear him talk about me he always said like super nice things um so i i i totally respected stew and um you know, he was—I I, think—kind of isolated a little bit, which I—I I totally understand too. Like being on the line with that guy, hearing some of the things that people would say to him. Like, I, I get it. I get why he would be isolated. Um, so, but I—I—I'd I, say respect is probably the, the best word I could say.
3: Um. You uh, now are a test rider for Honda. Uh, you mentioned it, the clutch here. The next year, we'll probably have another show where we talk about you to when you change suspension, and then all of a sudden it's started going nuts and just winning nonstop. Did you consider, even at this point in your career, and this is, I hate to tell you, 10 years ago now, uh, did you wow. consider yourself good, or did you like testing? Did you like working the motorcycle? Because usually it's a work in progress for younger riders. Did you always think that was something you had a knack for, or is this something you discovered later? and license it's definitely a later discovery i
2: i um i could kind of tell you what i didn't like about something but i couldn't really help you with direction at that point um i think i think the 2014 year is really where i probably started to enjoy it Mm -hmm. i kind of kind of love hate it but 2014 was where I started to be like, okay, I just need to be honest about what I feel and then trust the people around me to make the decisions. And um, I remember that year kind of being the year that I really started to kind of find the ways to talk, try to discover the ways to feel. And um, so, yeah, it was until 2014 I really felt like I, I really started to develop that skill set.
3: And that brings me to now. So, like, look, I mean, you you rode this roller coaster. Uh, when I talked to you even at Salt Lake, when Sexton won the title, I mean, not just you as behind-the-scenes guy, but at one point you were the rider trying to win these titles, coming close, being in contention, winning races. Um, and now the roller coaster, man, now you guys can't do anything wrong. It's got to be just an unbelievable <laughs> feeling. I mean, you guys haven't lost a race in a month. It's got to be wild. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I'm I'm like, you know, I've been in it long enough that I, I know, like, these things ebb and flow, you know, um, so I'm trying not to get too lost in it, but man, it's been uh, an incredible year for our team. And I think it's especially sweet because we've, we've had some rough years too, you know, uh, even when I haven't been involved, this team in general, like there's been some pretty rocky times. So I'm just happy for everyone that's been there for you know, 20 years that they can, they can enjoy this time. And, and uh, it's, it's exciting to see, you know, I I think we've got some great riders that definitely make us look a lot better than we are. But um, I just think the whole environment right now, has just been really, really solid. And, and, um, and I hope that continues to build, you know, I I think we've got a great uh, base right now and, and I hope that carries over for, for the years to come, especially as, you know, the team looks to, kind of build um, around Jet and Hunter and and chance and and whoever uh, come, comes next. So um it's it's been exciting. It's been fun to see. And um mm-hmm. I, I get most excited when we we put things together and then I watch it around the track and I'm like happy to see it around the track. You know there's there's been times in the last five years I see it and I'm like, ugh you know <laughs> that's <laughs> That That's not it, you know, and, and there's been several times this year where I see our bike and I'm like, yeah, that's that's cool because I, I really like the way it looks and um, it's just cool to be a part of that.
3: Yeah, oh, that's perfect because that's what I was going to ask you. Um, When a team is struggling and then a team is succeeding, the first thing you think of when you think team is, well, the bike is better. And I was going to ask, like, how much is it really that or is it just, hey, man, there's a million circumstances, the right guys, the right time, simply being healthy and all that, or do you really – do you actually feel like the bike itself has made strides right now, or is it just working out for once? I think it's probably a
2: combination of a lot of things, but I I definitely think the bike is a lot better than it has Mm -hmm. been in in years past. Um, And I think that's just an evolution of, you know, um, you know, our, our, our texts and um, our relationship with Japan and, and the information that's, you know, been used like that. I feel like you know, in years past, we've talked a lot about what it did wrong, and then where we kind of like going to the next season, and like those are the same things, you know. Hmm. Where this past year, I, I I really think that we kind of address some some bigger issues, and um, I just see an evolution there that I, I think and I, and I hope anyway is going to continue to kind of steamroll and, and create more um momentum and and also just lead into a really great bike both for our race team and then also for for the consumer
3: and then you mentioned the atmosphere over there yeah i i've been telling people this it's not the honda that people are probably thinking of uh when ricky carmichael was there and it was it was super corporate and it was i always thought it was an old gray-haired guys around it was scary to even go over there i mean it was honda (laughs) it was the company that made cars too. They were now, dude, I think it might be the loosest of all the factory teams of all. It's like, you know, with your buddies.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I think I've got to give Lars a lot of credit for that. You know, like he is, uh, and, and if you know Lars, you know, that he's just so easy going and, yeah. um, just a, a great guy to just hang out with, you know, like, so I, I think he's, he, he's been around the team long enough to see the, the other people that have been involved, whether it's Kehoe or Dan Bentley, you know, whoever it is. And I think he's taken a lot of notes from those guys and, and learned a lot from their strengths. And, but I think he's also brought his own flavor to things and, um, and created just a killer environment. You know, some, sometimes it is a little loose for sure, but, um, but I think, what what has been created there is is an environment to to learn and grow and make mistakes and and for everyone to be pulling in the same direction and and um you know i think that that creates the opportunity for everyone to want to do well you know and be happy when everyone does well cool
0: awesome man well What a race this was! I mean, the announcer—the announcer's no good, but but everything else is great. Oh,
3: you gonna do throw like that? Like, come on! Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: God.
0: Great track, great race, and like Stu still coming in and you know reaching in. And I didn't realize this re- pulling out the old Stu. I was gonna say I didn't realize this. The Ryans had won every moto up until this one. Weed, you had said that on the on the broadcast, like every oh, wow. every moto until this one. So, uh, yeah, what a day.
2: Yeah, I, I remember Stu kind of struggling in the beginning of the yeah. series, and I, you know, I was kind of still, you know, on the way back from my my back injury and trying to build momentum. And um, so, yeah, it, it, man, I can't say enough about that the, that day that that was for me. It was it was really special, and I'm just happy to be able to talk about it ten years later. Weirdly enough,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> that's an awesome one. We're, we encourage everybody watching this to uh to go search out youtube and watch it and then also watch Stu's uh take on it as well. We're going to drop that in through the end of this pod to have people hear Stu's take on that day too. It's pretty pretty good so. <laughs> <That's> uh, <awesome. laughs> yeah. Uh thanks for the time Trey. Always good to catch up. Thank you man. What a day. Uh and we will see you at the races. Thanks man.
2: Awesome. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. See ya. See ya.
0: Good stuff from Trey Canard, and uh, yeah, we—I'm not surprised that this is the race he hears about when people bring up races to him. Like, I'm not surprised.
3: Oh yeah, it's probably a gold standard of oh, the racing used to be so much better. This is just hold this one up because this is dynamite. And again, Villapoto and Dunge are in this race. Yeah, and Villapoto ch- just has a bad day, by the way. Dunge does yeah. roll everybody in Moto too, yeah. but it's one of the rare just Villapoto got beat days.
0: And again, we didn't even mention it because you really don't see him. Chad Reed's ten seven, just ten seven, on the day. Yep, that's it. Um, not a. I
3: feel like it was no longer there outdoors for Chad at this point. Well,
0: Chad was twenty twelve or twenty eleven.
3: Eleven. Eleven.
0: Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we're two, yep. we're two years away from Chad um, Okay, let's, So we mentioned Stu's audio. He does a quick little breakdown of this day on his hilarious podcast, uh, talking about it. So let's let's throw it to that. Here's James Stewart's reaction to uh, to this battle with Trey on this day
4: and the second moto i mean the first moto a couple of times but first moto i knew i had to get him i knew i needed to win and um but the second moto i think it was the last lap and the next last lap after the mechanics area dude he came in there and like he was in front and i went around the outside of him and passed him and all i remember is here that honda where everybody's shutting off you shut off i had to lie this dude clicked up the gear and i was like Dude, you can have it. Like, he took me off the track, him off the track. Like, there was no, there was no reason for it. Like, there was no reason. And it was, a, it was like the first time that ever met another guy that was racing on the track that literally had my mindset, that out-mindsetted me when I said, I'll die for this. And Trey that Moto, dude, when I went to go, it was like, I sensed, that he's he's gonna die to win this race, like, and we were battling for second and third. Cardi- Coffee man, he was gone. He passed all of us on there, but it was crazy. Like he scared me. He was the only person that ever scared me when I raced him. And then he crossed the checkered flag, like, like he fist pumped and all that. Damn, he he thought he thought he won. He went two two, and I went three one or one three, and you know, if you know about math, well, a you know, little math problem, but you know, he thought he won, he actually had me damn confused. I thought he won, even though I knew I won, even though everybody said I won, he had me confused by the way he was celebrated. but he was the only person to go back to my store that said, like, he was literally to die for James Stewart since that he was gonna die for it, and James Stewart said, I ain't dying today, so I let him have it. He ran off the track, and I was like, dude, just, Take it, take it, Jesus. I don't want to win that bad. And you can see when he crossed check flag, he was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Damn, he's that happy for a second place, like on there." And I was like, "Okay, all right." I was like, "Hey, I think I won." Yeah, he was like, "Ah, yeah," and I won. So, checkin' out. What up, dog? All
0: right, good stuff from James. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> the the overall win thing was and, great. Uh, yeah, even
3: yeah. throwing in the mofo there at the end.
0: Yeah, the overall thing is great. Where he's like, "Wait, what?"
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm counting on my fingers.
0: Um. <laughs> Thank you to Liat as well. Uh, simply send us an email using the contact form on pulpamex.com. We'll pass it on to Liat. You can save with those guys, whether it is the flex lock boots, whether it's the velocity goggles, neck braces, of course, that they've, they've uh, innovated and uh, redefined, and also mountain bike stuff, protection, uh, knee, ga- knee guards, elbow guards, all of that, liat.com. Uh, decal works, pulpamex23 is the code to save with those guys. Uh, Cooper Webb AP, run decal works on Red Bull KTM. Husqvarna off-road team as well using Decal Works. pulpmx 23 is the code to save with those guys. DecalMX.com. Uh, they'll um, send you a proof. You can change things around. I just got some vintage bike graphics for my uh, project bike, and they did a great job with that. And uh, something new coming out at Redbud. So co- collab with me, Decal Works, and, an, and a race team coming soon. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. Oh. So uh, we'll stay. Uh, I'll have you some. Uh, I'll have you some souvenirs. We each at Redbud. I know you've been dying to hear about it.
3: Some decal decals? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm into it.
0: Thank you as well to the folks at Guts Racing. X 23 is the code to say with Guts Racing. Uh, thank you to those guys. Uh, seat foams, seat covers, uh, lightweight phantom seat foams, whatever it is. Uh, guts Racing will have you covered. Andy and the boys up there. Uh, get guts and do it. All right. Um, that's uh, that's James Stewart talking about this race. We had Trey Canard talking about this race. I think it's time for the categories, Weege. Shall we do it? Sure. All right. Leah re categories. of uh, categories. Who really won the race? I'm going with Trey Canard.
3: Yeah, I'm going to do the same. I okay. know that Stu is actually the overall winner, mm-hmm. but uh, this is a real feather in the cap for Kennard because he's the star of this YouTube thing that is always going to get brought up.
0: And I feel like people, Stu's got that aura. You mentioned it, Weege. It's Stu's Stu. And on this day, you know, Trey beats him and races with him. And we know... We know in the industry that Trey can do this, and it's not a big surprise. But if you're just some guy like a casual fan that's like, hey, man, James Stewart's the best it's ever been besides Carmichael, like, and you flip this on, you're like, wait, there's a guy that gives him all he wants and beats him? So Trey's the winner of that too, of the casual fan maybe not realizing that Trey Canard is this good.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. That, that's That's why Trey's the winner, even though he's not actually the overall winner. Or maybe he's the winner – because he sure seems to think he was the winner.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, really, really. Uh, <laughs> but it is
3: over anyway. I really wanted to study uh, after the race. We have them under the tent, and I w- I couldn't quite pick out the moment when he must have found out.
0: Uh, hey, you didn't. <laughs> hey, yeah, you, you did. didn't win, dude. Uh, yeah. Lit kid award. Liot Le- re most lit kid award. I- I'll tell you what. A I- little conflicted on this. Rewatching it. Um. I i I'm- I-, I think where was Roxon at this race? What was going on? This is uh, in the two
3: hundred and fifty class. It's pretty famous. He and, he and Tomac. Tomac were in a good battle for the title. And he he crashes out. out okay. one, And that kind of ruins his title.
0: Yes. And uh, that, attempt. Right. Exactly. Tomac goes on to win. They were pretty much neck and neck. So, uh,
3: yeah, Roxon goes thirty-five-two.
0: My lit kid award uh, is not. I didn't see it, but my lit kid award is Fox Racing on Ken Roxon on this day. But you can see the gear on Ryan Dungey. The um, <laughs> the why
3: is it not Dungey then?
0: Because it's an orange bike. It's not good. Wait.
3: But they both rode orange bikes, bro.
0: You're right. Okay. <laughs> Shit. I just realized that. Listen. Wow. This, wow. this is like a retro Fox stuff. That, that's why I like it. It's it's blue. It's yellow. Uh, It's got sort of an old logo on it. Like a newer logo, but look like the old logo. It was almost retroish. I really like it. It didn't look good on a KTM, but I swear to God, I saw it on something else that I really liked on this day. I don't know what, okay. it, what it would have been, or maybe they wore it. Maybe Kenny wore it on a Suzuki later. I don't know. It just looks really good. I like the Fox stuff. It just doesn't look great on a KTM. But if you just take Dunge off the orange KTM, that's mm. my lit Kit award.
3: So you need to find a photo of them walking in the pits mm-hmm. with their gear on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I need to look for I that. It's it. really good stuff. You know what I'm talking about, right? You you, might, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And Fox wins a lot on here. I'm actually having a laugh looking at the results. Because the 250 results on the RacerX site, they're updated through current. So it has this Millville thing and all the way through now. Um, So what's interesting is we have a red cross to be put on a rider who's currently injured. Mm -hmm. And the uh, top four overall of the 250 class that day are all considered currently injured right now, which is Eli Tomac, Marvin Muskan, Jason Anderson, Jeremy Martin. So the top four overall, if you look at the results right now of this race, (laughs) all have red cross flags.
0: They're all injured.
3: So somebody's going to look at this and be like, wow, the top four are all hurt, and they still did good. No, they're hurt in 2023. Yep. They were not. Uh, As far as Lit Kit, um, this doesn't get in here much, but I feel like uh, 7 doesn't get nearly the credit it deserves. I think it was so far ahead of its time that I don't know if people were realizing what we were seeing as we were seeing it. But I want you, anyone, to go back and look at gear in, say, 2011 or 12, like before This is, I believe, the very first year of seven. I think James is still answer in 12. Um, Look at gear in 2012. Look at gear now. What stands out? The jerseys are so baggy back then, and they are so tight now. Seven really was the pioneer of that, the athletic cut, or the stretch fabric. So I feel like it doesn't get the credit uh, it deserves. So this is our chance. Lick hit. Stu wearing seven gear.
0: Well... Okay, I mean look, it's your category, it's your lit kit, it's fine, but this stuff's just kind of plain white. But hey, whatever. I mean, if that's what you want.
3: I'm just saying look but at right twenty twelve. Yes, look no, at gear now. You and are. You're like, man, the jerseys are so much tighter. Who yep. started that?
0: Nope. Seven. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Um all right, okay. Sounds good. Shit kit award. Well, what do you what do you got?
3: Um what is what what is Grant wearing? What is what is Josh Grant wearing at this time? Is it
0: shift? I think so. I can't tell. I think so. Oney? I
3: think the whole no. look Brayton's is not good. Oney. Like, I, I don't I don't think the look. The, those Yamahas at that time, when they first came out with the reverse engine, mm-hmm. looked weird. Um, the graphics look weird. The colors look weird. Of course, I'm not going to say it was shit kid for Brayton. I could never do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Can't, so, can't do
3: that. There's just too much going on here on this bike. Probably doesn't help the team has 98 sponsors. <laughs> but there you go.
0: All right. Sounds good. Um, I might go with... Uh, they showed Shorty on a BTO KTM here. Yep. Not a great look for Fly. Fly's come a long way, but not this, not this stuff. It looked like the, I think it was the orange checkers, kind of like the orange yeah. and blue checkers stuff. Yeah. Not, not great.
3: Like Trace and Fly. Trace gear looks okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Trace, Trace gear is not amazing, but it's fine. Oh, we forgot yeah. who's that guy award. Sorry, Lee at Reraceables. I have this picked. Uh, oh, I didn't know he had an
3: order to these.
0: Yeah, there's an order. I have it on my phone. Oh. Okay. okay, so who's that guy award? Weed, you're probably gonna go with this guy too. Uh in the four fifty class, I gotta go all the way down to Eli Takatalo from Finland. Eli Takataro Mun Racing. So Mun reached deep into its depths of uh its Finnish Finnish <clears throat> dealerships, I guess. And um pulled out Eli Takataro. He goes uh he he doesn't he gets beat by Jenny Mikhailoff. Crayor meets Crayor Meets uh twenty nine twenty-five for Eli Takakaro on this day.
3: Takatalo, yeah, yeah. Twenty nine twenty five for twenty eighth overall. Look at Mike Brown, just still racing
0: yeah, and like what happened to him?
3: Twenty eight twenty two. Like Brown wouldn't go twenty eight twenty two now i I don't think so, so I don't know at, what at fifty years old, I think he would get top twenty.
0: We could text him, but we'll never hear back, so no, yeah,
3: no, yeah, just give it up um, there was a guy in the two fifty class. I'm sure Seth Rarick will say this guy's a legend, <laughs> and how do I not know um Minnesota's own Clarion Chapewski goes thirty three twenty seven for thirty second overall
0: Hmm. net never good job Clarion it. yep all right yep. uh where's j t He's uh, he's running his VIP program for BTO Sports uh, Butler Brothers team at this point. He's at this race.
3: Yeah, first that. year
0: retired. Yep. Um, all right, that's where it's JT. The Jacob Marsak Award for the rider who does the best that you would have never thought of. Weed you got somebody? I do, but uh, you got?
3: Well, yeah, give me your. These are tough to do. It's only 10 years ago, and I feel like I look at these results and I'm like, well, this is what I expected. But it's these races are recent enough where maybe nothing seems shocking because you actually saw it and remember it. But what do you got?
0: I got Zach Freeberg with a 12th yeah, in the second moto. Like, he got 19th in the first moto. Zach was a Florida kid, buddy of AC, fast mm-hmm. amateur, uh, good rider, number 71, uh, and all of that. But I, if you told me he got 19th in motos, okay, sure, he gets points. He's Zach Freeberg, gets a points. He's a points guy. But if you told me he would have got 12th in moto two, right behind our buddy Phil Nicoletti, uh, I might have said no way. Zach Freeberg, 12th in a 450 moto, no way. But he does.
3: Yeah, I'll give you that. Because everyone that's around him, I, I thought, yeah, like he beats Jake Canada, who had some good runs. Phil, Brayton, Michael Byrne, Matt Gurky. He actually beats those guys overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. I don't know if I had Zach Freeberg uh, doing that. Uh, In a moment here, I'm going to text Phil and Brayton the screenshot of Phil beating Brayton 17th overall to 18th.
0: Mm, Good job, Phil. Phil, uh, at one point in Moto 1, I see the ticker across the board, across the top. It says Nicoletti 39th. So he comes from 39th to 32nd. Um, Good job, Phil. Gets seven spots somewhere along the line. Uh, Do you have anything to say about your Justin Brayton guy going 18th overall at his favorite track?
3: Well, we had a good start in Moto2, and we I did. think we would have been right there yeah. with Dunge, Trey, and Stu, but he goes down, and then he gets lapped. So, if he doesn't go down on lap two, I have a feeling that he's going to give Stu and Trey all they can have.
0: Okay. That, that, that's you have a feeling?
3: Yep. yep. I mean, when you talk, you want to talk hanging it out, outdoors, and just being crazy balls outdoors, mm-hmm. I think of three guys. Yep. Stu, Kennard, and Justin Brayton.
0: <laughs> of course. You know, yeah. he, he's always said Millville's his favorite track. Huh, you know, okay. uh, and this is all he's got to show on his favorite track. But, uh, you know, like you said, he had some insight. Yeah, I'm not
3: looking at any of these results when you want the Jacob Marsak award. Um, none of these are, are shocking. Um, Adam Ciencerulo goes 9-12. This is what, a couple of weeks into his delayed pro debut? Yeah, because he doesn't get started as Salmonella. He doesn't start yeah. at round one.
0: Starts at Buds, Starts right? at Buds. Yeah.
3: Uh, nine, twelve, battling his old buddy Zacho. Yeah, I don't know. None of these results look. I look at them and say, "What?" Except probably that yeah, one. Freeburg one. So yeah, I'll yeah. just go with you with that. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I want to give a shout out. Great second moto battle between the Dakotas, Kessler and Tedder. Twenty-one and twenty-two. Tedder beating Kessler. Great battle of the Dakotas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You think you don't hear much about that.
3: No, the no. the Dakota versus Dakota classic battles.
0: Uh, Tucker Hibbert goes 30-30. It might have been this year. It was around Melville time where Mitch Payton first found out that Tucker Hibbert was not Canadian. He, he, oh, it was
3: just assumption if he, you ride a, snow, a sled? Yep,
0: yep. He asked me why Tucker Hibbert was not on the Canadian designations team, and I thought he was kidding. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought he was kidding, and it turns out he was not. Wow. And it's something we still joke about to this day. Yeah.
3: Oh, that's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He thought Tucker Hibbert was. Canadian. Do you
3: think if he was on the donations team and they went over there and the FIM said, wait, what's up with this? And you just said he races snowmobiles. They'd be like, oh, OK, well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Awesome. No problem. <laughs> I mean, he
3: probably I mean, that kind of does do it, I think.
0: Uh, um, yep. All right. Well, what a day. What a great race. Uh, you and Fro in the booth, by the way, I want to point out mm-hmm. you miss the 15 minute Geico read in Moto one. Uh, oh, and you don't get to it until there's nine minutes to go. And then is like the a professional that,
3: on the screen when I say it,
0: uh, I think it is like a true yeah. professional. Hey,
3: sometimes that's the way the ball bounces. We, I, They I go on their cue. Not not them. Going oh,
0: oh, really? Oh, OK. Oh, so you didn't miss yes, it. then? Because the saying. graphic
3: pops up. You're yep. supposed to read it when the graphic is up. So there's times where we got something going on. We're a commercial. We're showing something and the 15 minute mark passes and we're not even oh. on the air or okay. something. Well, and they were like, "Oh, crap! We didn't get it in."
0: I was bringing this up to laugh at you and your unprofessionalism, but no, you—you you just no, you, like a true just pro. A mo-
3: it's a monkey robot. I just <laughs> to, everything I'm saying is just—they just get in my ear and they tell me to do it, and then I do it.
0: See Geico logo, read Geico. That's yeah, a, yeah that's basically what you're at. <laughs> so easy, to yeah. caveman can do right. it, right? Uh, yep. uh, also, Fro says that uh, Michael Essie declined comment to talk about uh, the week before. Lasergate. Oh, yep. What was that? Uh, that was Lasergate, mm, and the first Not familiar. Set, yeah, not familiar.
3: Um, he declined comment.
0: Yeah, declined comment. Wow. So Jeff wow. was uh Jeff was permanently banned. Uh, Tony was suspended. Mike lost his points from Washugal. Mike was also fined, I think ten grand. It said, and I would Jeez. love to know if he actually ever paid that.
3: <laughs> like, how does that work? Well. Uh no, I think it does because I think it goes to the uh Alpine stars. Okay. Rig. All right. So I don't think they can sweep that under the rug. Like I think it, it actually offsets the cost of having the docs there, so they're probably gonna want that money.
0: Like James never getting his wind taken away. I could just be like Mike never sends the check in and no one follows it up and he just loses you know, it's just like yeah, it's just lost in time. I don't know. But you're right. It does. Yes. The, the market... result
3: being pulled from Washugal, yes. And that I could see that not happening, but the uh well, let's... the check
0: Let's check it out. Actually, let's uh, let's see. Washugel. Well,
3: did they? Oh yeah. Did they go back?
0: Um. Yeah. Michael Essie. Zero points. He goes seven six for zero points. Yep. They actually did it. Huh. Who knew?
3: Wow. Okay. Happened at the right time. Were you involved <laughs> with that at all?
0: Yeah, a little bit. I. And oh I, really? Yeah. I was. Uh, I oh, was. Oh really? The the Jeff. Davy I saw, I ran into Davy and Davy's like, "Hey, we just had to kick Jeff Alessi out." He's like, "The idiot was shining a laser in Ryan Powell's eyes on the starting line." I'm like, "What?" And then I tweeted that. I uh, uh, I didn't say Davy said it, but Davy, I figured Davy was yeah. a pretty good source. And I said, "MX yeah. Sports, you know, kick Jeff Alessi. and Tony, as we all know, lost his mind on me." And I just kept saying, "Well, did it happen or not?" Cuz like, now I was, Tony was so mad that I'm like, yeah. did Davey make this up? Like, like, <laughs> like, because, like, no human being should be as mad as he was at something that really happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, you should just wear it. Like, shit, my kid.
3: Yeah, like you said what happened happened. How yeah. mad can you get over that? Yeah,
0: yeah. How mad can you get over that? And then it made me question everything that Davey said to be. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't feel like Davey Coombs is going to make this up. This story, like, ha ha ha, random, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. And anyways, yeah, so it went crazy. And then I, uh, yeah. I swear, I, I thought you'd mentioned to me on the broadcast that that that, you know, the journalist Steve Mathis, uh, or something, um, yeah, but
3: yeah, I, I, I wouldn't remember either way. I wouldn't be surprised actually if we did. I yeah, I feel like I did do that, but you didn't hear it.
0: I didn't hear it in watching re-watching okay. this. so yeah. Yep. maybe it was edited out. I mean, I out, think
3: the know. the penalty was for shining it in Villapoto's eyes, not for.
0: No, of course. Them yelling at you in the pit. No, later, of course. So, but but when you yeah. brought up Tony Alessi's name yeah. as being suspended,
1: yeah. like yeah.
0: it was something about and a journalist, and he, you know, journal- conduct towards a journalist or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? I swear you said something like that.
3: I mean, Lasergate. I don't even know if it's good enough or big. It might be too big for the late Le- retraceables. Maybe your six hundredth episode of Pulp might have to be revisiting Lasergate or something.
0: Would anybody talk um, about it? Would anybody from their side talk about it? No,
3: that's I guess the problem. You're only getting yeah. I mean, I can tell you what I saw. Like when I was over in the pits, I first heard about it, and I happened over at the Cowie rig. And here's what I visualize in my mind I visualize RV hiding behind boxes, wanting to know what was going on so bad, but also knowing he cannot walk over there.
1: Cause that's really going <laughs> to, yeah.
3: and him just like, you got to go over there, man. You got to tell him. You got to tell him what's going on. I see. Cause he knew you were getting accosted. Yep. And he is rubbing his hands together. Like he's probably calloused, <laughs> rubbing his hands together. And can you imagine how much RV loves hearing about this?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I nope. just
3: feel like he's hiding behind boxes. I, I don't think it was quite that extreme, but that's the way I pictured it in my mind. <laughs> like,
1: you got to go over there, man. You got to tell me what's happened. I got to see this.
3: You got to tell me. And I go over there, and you're getting screamed at by Tony and Genova, and RV is just rubbing his hands together, and loving I
0: re- it. And I remember thinking, why are they this mad if it really happened? <laughs> like, like, you should be mad at Jeff. Go yell at Jeff this way. Like I, the whole thing was like, "Why are you yelling at me? I just reported what really happened, and go yell at your kid." Like, yeah, bizarre.
3: Yeah, you know? it would be good to get their out of the story. I, I'm thinking well, it's that we did, Tony wasn't believing maybe that it had happened yet. Um, I don't know. Like maybe Jeff just denied it, and he's believing Jeff's denial. Uh, but we might never know.
0: Well, we had the uh, episode 139 of the Pulpomex show on Monday, where Joan Genova said Tony's calling in to set the record straight. And yep. we all saw how that went.
3: Davey Coombs is beating up your kid. And we still have
0: sound drops to this day. Yes. From this. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm
3: saying. It might need to be show 600. I think Lee at Raceables cannot contain yeah. the previous weekend's race at Washougal. <laughs> it
0: was just nutty. All right. Well, yeah. listen, what a race this was with Stu and Kennard. Thanks to Trey for the time on the Lee at Rebraceables. Uh, a really, really great day of racing. And this is, you know, we you watch a lot of boring runaways and a lot of Ricky Carmichael's and, and and you watch a lot of boring races. And then you see things like this and you go back and rewatch it. And as I said, off the top, like I knew it was a great race. And then rewatching this, I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. So great sport we have here. Oh,
3: no one's going to watch this and be like, man, I thought they were fast for their time, but it's 10 years ago. And they're kind of just putting around.
0: Yep. No, no, no.
3: Like everybody, like Dunge looks unreal. Also like, these dudes are hauling.
0: Yeah, great, yeah. Day. great day. Uh, thanks, yeah. Weech. Appreciate it. Thank you, buddy.
3: All right. See you. See you.